Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey, what's happening, Rush Nation? It's Murph here. It's a very, very special podcast. This isn't a matchups podcast. This isn't a um, special guest podcast. It is going to be just me talking, and that's okay, I hope. And if it's not, then... You know, you choose what you need to do. Um, I wanted to do a State of the Nation podcast uh, as vice president or co-chair or whatever of, of Rush Nation. I wanted to do yeah a bit of a State of the Nation podcast. What I wanted to do was get a bit of information, looking at some stats and some data, some remaining strength of schedule, and just have a look at um, some potential start-sit kind of plays, just based on the schedule and some things to really consider about for your semi-finals and final matchups. I've also put together some insight just on the season so far, and I'm trying to think ahead. And the conversation with Joe P. Sapir really inspired me to have a look at the uh, landscape for 2021, because I don't think it's ever too early to start looking ahead a little bit, and especially those of you that might have been eliminated from playoffs and, and might just be sort of hanging on for the rest of the season we can start having a look at, at potentially how we move forward. And as, as a result of that, um, some things to, to think about. And I'm not saying that these guys that I'm going to be talking about or, or, or the tiers that I'm going to be talking about per position are, are sort of defined well and truly yet. Um, but I think there's just some things to, to think about and to, I'll do some more research. They're not sort of honed and finalized, um, but some things that I think will be really useful. And then lastly, um, just some listener league updates. So I'm going to go through and talk about the FFCC. I'm going to talk about the the regular listener leagues and the book leagues. And I'm going to talk about what that means uh, in terms of who's made all the semifinals so far. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, all the prizes available in those leagues and uh, what it means uh, for the champion of champions for 2021 as well. So lots uh, lots going on in this podcast, and I hope that you find it really enjoyable. But I'm going to start tonight uh, with some insight on the remaining strength of schedule. So uh, as you know, I, I like knowing the strength of schedule. I think it's important from a matchups perspective. 
just to get a good idea, uh, if you're thinking about your bench, your bench is really stacked right now. Um, and your starting lineup will be really stacked. That's why you're in your semifinals. And even if you're playing in consolation brackets, this is still stuff to be really sort of conscious about and, and think about if you want to finish the season season strong and, and still win. So talking about the the, the strength of schedule, each week this data gets more and more meaningful because it's got more and more data in it. So looking at fantasy strength of schedule in weeks three, week four, week five, even week eight is kind of meaningless. Like it, it, it's interesting, but it, you don't have a full picture. By week 14, we have a really good set of data now. And, and you know, it's, it's trusted over 14 weeks and it's not the end all be all, but it's just things to think about and think about if I'm not going to get the best matchup here, do I need to switch to another potential player who on paper doesn't look quite as good but might be in, in a more favorable outcome uh, and therefore potentially score more points because the the playoffs are so fine the margins are really really tight and these aren't you know I, I call them start sits but they're not really sits um starts I think desperately they are but sits I, I wouldn't say they're sits but they're just candidates to have a think and if you have a better option that could be more interesting for you. So I'm going to start with this and I'm going to look at the QBs. And this is just looking at the next two weeks. So if you play in week 17, I haven't factored this in um, because I want this to be relevant for everybody. and I want to make it as specific as possible. So I've looked at the remaining schedules for just week 15 and week 16. That's still going to be useful to you if you're in a week 17 playoff. It just means we can help you get there ultimately. So let's have a look at this. Let's have a look at uh, quarterbacks. So the ones um, that I say have the have on paper sort of the, the best schedule, a lot of the top QBs do. So, you know, you don't need me to tell you, for example, that you need to start Aaron Rodgers, who has the third best schedule. You're starting him anyways. And inversely, I'm not going to tell you to start bad quarterbacks like Mitchell Trubitsky and um, either Dwayne Haskins or, or, or uh, Alex Smith. But... You know, I'm going to go through and, and explain a few players. And then maybe if you're in a super flex league, I might tell you one or two that you could potentially start if you're in a, a difficult spot here. So the quarterback with the easiest schedule over the next two weeks is Jared Goff. So uh, Jared Goff, I've been saying this for a while. Stock up on Rams players, really important um, because this is a schedule where they are really, really strong um, to give you a spoiler looking ahead, they also have the easiest schedule for wide receivers, the third easiest schedule for tight ends. What that means is is a bit more sketchy, but also the fourth best for um, DSTs as well. So really, really good scenarios to look at for, for this and to for their offense as a whole. So that's uh, a real positive. Second best is Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And in fact, they've got plus matchups at QB, running back. They have a top five uh, wide receiver, uh, second best as well. So again, they have really good matchups for their uh, skill positions in particular. So there is a lot of positives there. So it means Brady, if you've got him uh, or you've recently acquired him because people dropped him due to the week 13 bye, you're in a good spot to start him. Aaron Rodgers, as I said, has the third easiest schedule. Mitchell Trubisky is the fourth easiest schedule. Washington, whether that's Dwayne Haskins. Now, again, if Dwayne Haskins is the fifth easiest schedule, I'm not saying that you should start Dwayne Haskins. The only players you can consider him starting over is Spike Brandon Allen. That's probably about it. (laughs) So, yeah, it doesn't mean start Dwayne Haskins if he plays or even start Alex Smith. But it's just interesting that that's the way it works out. Baker Mayfield has the sixth easiest schedule. And again, I'm not a strong advocate. I know he had a good game against uh, the Ravens, scored touchdowns, but typically he doesn't show that consistency to to be considered in a semi-final or final spot. If you're in a two QB league or a super flex league, very different. It makes Baker Mayfield relevant. But in a one QB league, that's not strong enough for me. Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes seventh doesn't matter if he had the 32nd just starting him anyways Detroit has the eighth but we don't know if Matt Stafford's going to play so um, we go from there Lamar Jackson has the 10th so he's a he's another one that you can feel confident starting I know he's put up a few sort of weaker games he was very good Monday night that probably restored a lot of confidence but the fact that he has an easier schedule coming through uh, is also really important Going to the other end of the scale, so the quarterbacks with the worst schedule. I just joked about Patrick Mahomes. If he's got the 32nd worst schedule, um, you'll probably start him. The same goes to Russell Wilson, and he does actually have the 32nd worst schedule. So 
that says he's going to have a hard time, but he should still be throwing the ball a lot. It should still be good, good going for, for Seattle and, and Russell Wilson, really, for him. Teddy Bridgewater has the 31st, and I know I put him in my column for this week. But again, very thin uh, waiver wire options. I still think he can be productive, but it is something to look at over the next couple of weeks. Do you really want to be resting your season on Teddy Bridgewater with the second hardest schedule? This is where it's interesting for some other players. Kirk Cousins has the 30th uh, schedule, so the, the third hardest. And we know what he's like in difficult games. He can fold quite quickly. Kirk Cousins isn't a player I will be trusting in a big game this season. Brandon Allen, I've already said I wouldn't start, um, but he's also got the fourth hardest schedule. And Russell, um, sorry, Deshaun Watson has the fifth hardest schedule. Now, and that's an interesting one, but he's also got not all the pass catches. We kind of saw what Deshaun Watson could be. In normal circumstances, I say that wouldn't really matter, given the fact he hasn't got a lot of wide receivers. He hasn't got the first choice uh, running back either. That offense is really sort of in, in dire straits. It is difficult to see how productive he's going to be. And it does bring him into conversations with people like if you've got Deshaun Watson or, or, or Herbert, Herbert probably with the 13th first schedule, that could really swing it. It's those kind of margins. Um, Ryan Tannehill, you know, it could be that kind of, a ballpark potentially that that you're talking about here so something to consider there aren't many QBs that want to start over to Sean Watson but there's a couple right there I talked about that could be and he's in that sort of Taysom Hill Ryan Tannehill and Justin Herbert kind of conversation for me right now again another one to look at is Ben Roethlisberger so Ben Roethlisberger for example Ben Roethlisberger is got the seventh hardest schedule eighth hardest schedule no, seventh hardest schedule, apologies. So he's got the seventh hardest schedule. And again, he's not playing well. They've lost two straight. He is probably someone that I'm not looking to start in a lot of one QB leagues. There's going to be better options. So he could be a potential sick candidate. These are the sorts of things you want to be considering. Moving on to running backs. You've got the 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 running back with the best schedule is J.K. Dobbins, although we don't know what's going to happen between him and Edwards. So Something to consider there that maybe they timeshare that. Austin Eckler has a great schedule going forward. So does David Montgomery, who I've been telling you about for weeks. And hopefully you got him before a trade deadline. But he has the fourth easiest schedule. Eckler has the third. The Gus the Bus is the second. Uh, and J.K. Dobbins have the second best schedule. Derek Henry has the best schedule. A lot of people got Derek Henry last week. I did in the BFFL. And uh, I could get... Derek Henry in another league as well this week. So I'm not overly looking forward to that. Fifth best, uh, easiest schedule is actually Tampa's. We're not quite sure about Rojo. So if Leonard Fournette is on your waiver wire right now, go go grab him. Um, because Leonard Fournette could play Sunday. He could be playing against the Falcons, who aren't a great run defense. It could all open up for him. I know he was a healthy scratch last week. Maybe he spent time with McCoy. Hard to kind of see what happens there. But Rojo had surgery on a finger. That's an interesting situation to to keep an eye on. We should also see a bit of an Aaron Jones bounce because he's up to sixth. Miles Gaskin has the seventh easiest schedule. Uh, Nick Chubb, Cream Hunt, eighth easiest schedule. Mostert and Wilson, the ninth easiest schedule, but they are splitting time. And then the tenth easiest schedule for Peyton Barber slash J, uh, JD McKissick. So interesting ones there that are all in plus matchup schedule. Moving on to the D. The D have... Um, sorry, the D, the worst, the worst running backs. Um, so the worst running backs here, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell have the worst schedule. So really, really difficult run matchup schedule. They haven't really been grooving uh, very well. You could be in a situation where you might need to consider dropping uh, CEH for the next couple of games. And it's going to be hard. But if you can get somebody out there who's who's going to be better you're going to have to consider that for example if someone gave me a start sit choice right now between swift and ceh this week um you know i'm playing swift if if someone's you know jonathan taylor i'm playing jonathan taylor over ceh you know and this is really mike davis ceh i'm probably going mike davis especially given how difficult that schedule is so it's a really difficult thing to consider in case you have a tough over the next couple of weeks in, in the run position um, and they've got so much success with throwing the ball right now. You know, it, it's just something to really keep in mind. Dalvin Cook has the 31st most difficult schedule. However, he's the first person in two over two years to get 100 yards against that Tampa rush. D. I'm not overly worried and concerned about Dalvin Cook, even though he has a hard schedule. He's still going to be productive. He was productive last week. He'll be productive again. 
Chris Carson with the 30th, again, very similar vein. Um, they're also going to have opportunities to run the ball and, and that talent should prevail. Zeke Elliott, who's not had a good season, has a very difficult schedule. And again, you're going to be in that situation where you might want to be thinking about sitting Zeke. Given the season, I can't blame you if a better option is there. But that's a really tough spot. If you drafted Zeke high, you might feel you need to roll with him. And I understand that. And you hope that the talent prevails. But the talent has not demonstrated well this season. Fifth hardest schedule is with Arizona. So that's Kenyon Drake. Chase Evans is pretty much a done factor. I don't think it affects Kenyon Drake too much. Uh, it, it might stop him from having an elite game um, and moves him into that RB2 territory. But I think he's going to be fine going forward. Uh, but it is something to, to keep note of. Other players that are going to be affected here, if James Connor has a difficult schedule, has the eighth hardest schedule on paper here. David Johnson slash Duke Johnson have the seventh hardest schedule. That doesn't look good for them. New England and their crazy situation doesn't look great for them. Josh Jacobs has a negative situation. Wayne Gorman has a negative situation. James Robinson has a bottom 11 rushing situation. Todd Gurley hasn't been effective at all. And he's got Tampa this week. Todd Gurley's probably droppable at this stage um, if you can find someone productive. So this is where the strength of schedule is starting to paint a real picture here. Looking at the wide receivers, this wide receiver factor, again, I mentioned the Rams. So this is Robert Woods' season in particular. Robert Woods could have the potential to move himself up into the top uh, 10 wide receivers on the season in half-point PPR scoring. Um, and that's probably justice um, to where he would be, I, I, you know, had conversational season I felt he could be a top six wide receiver that's a little much I probably he's going to fall outside that but I don't think he's going to be far off and I fully expected him to outperform Cooper Cup and that looks like it's going to be the case but this is what you've been waiting for if you've held those players this looks really really good for Robert Woods owners and, and Cooper Cup owners in particular both of those players should do really well over the next two weeks um, the Tampa situation so it's a bit tricky right now because you have Brady probably not on his best form, it's, it's fair to say. But you, you, the good thing about them and the good thing about the Rams is both these teams are competing. Um, Rams competing for the division, Tampa competing for the wildcard spot. That's what you want to see at this time of season. People playing for things. They're not going to try anything stupid. They're not going to put in a load of rookies and, and just see what they kind of got. You know, Godwin, Evans, Antonio Brown, all these players are going to be important. It's just going to be who gets what kind of volume. But really, as, as Ian Hartley said last week, fire up. This, this is a good spot to be playing them. Wide receiver Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin should be doing really well uh, in this matchup. J.D. McKissick as well um, should be doing quite well. But especially if you've got Dwayne Haskins back. Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin do have something. This could be a real plus matchup for, for Dwayne Haskins over the next week. Alan Robinson, don't need me to tell him starting, but he's also got a really favorable schedule. Marvin Jones, if, if Kenny Galladay's not going to be back, which probably doesn't look likely. And if I was Detroit, I'd probably be sitting in for the rest of the season. Although Daryl Bevel is playing for a job, so it, it's a bit difficult uh, there. But Marvin Jones has good schedule coming up. The Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers look good. Brandon Ayuk, without Debo Samuel, seventh easiest schedule. Brandon Ayuk could really eat over the next couple of weeks. And if you drafted him or you've got him on your roster and you've been sort of waiting and you've had a few nibbles here and there, he could really come on leaps and bounds over the next couple of weeks. Um, so again, these are all good, good schedules. Uh, Jarvis Landry is the 10th easiest schedule. He could see a continued rise in form that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Down at the bottom end, Seattle, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, they have the hardest schedule. Again, in this case, talent really prevails. You're talking about two of the top 10 wide receivers in, in football right now. DK Metcalf isn't going to suffer too much because he's going to face more difficult corners. I do think DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson take a drop with the second hardest schedule. I think it is going to put a bit of pressure on, but they do have Joe Brady. Maybe he cooks up something and does well here. Diggs, I'm not worried about. Uh, third hardest schedule. I think him and Beasley will be fine, given that it's Jacksonville would, and, and it, it really depends on Minshew. If Minshew comes back and is the Minshew that we kind of know and is a bit of a baller and just doesn't know when to quit, I do think that Minshew can make these wide receivers somewhat relevant like DJ Chark. If Minshew is sat this week because they want to lose games, with this schedule in particular, I'm not starting any Jacksonville uh, wide receivers. So it's interesting to see what happens with the quarterback. If they let Minshew go and they let Minshew play the win, I might be a bit more interested. 
Justin Jefferson, Adam Phelan have the fifth hardest schedule. So this one is, again, talent should prevail, but it should affect Cousins, which means you're going to have matches where I think only one of those guys is going to be relevant in each of the next two weeks. And it's about who is it going to be. You're going to be in this position where you're going to have to play them, but you're, you're going to be slightly cautious because it could be that only one of them goes off. Whereas we've had games in that easy run that they had where both of them were going off. So you have to be a little bit careful here. The Jets, Jameson Crowder for me is droppable. I think you can drop him. And that's going to be a really hard thing to do with what you paid in the investment cost. He's, he's not going to get it done. Sixth hardest schedule. He's not producing. The only Jet I'm interested in right now is Brashad Perriman because he's still getting that average of 20 yards per catch. If he can get enough targets, he could be relevant. Jerry Judy, seventh hardest schedule. And, and the fact that Patrick is getting all the red zone looks, Jerry Judy is probably droppable at this stage or someone who is no more than a flex play going forward. You know, there's some real ones to to consider here. You know, Pittsburgh 22nd to the 10th. 11th hardest schedule here. That means not all those guys are going to eat. Juju Smith-Schuster is someone who I think could suffer as a result. Maybe even Deontay Johnson. That's something as well to also be aware of. Moving on to the tight ends. Uh, so tight ends, again, is an interesting situation. Funny enough, Hurst has one of the easiest schedules uh, coming in. So he has the second easiest schedule. The first is in Cleveland. But given the fact that Austin Hooper hasn't really been getting it done this season. He's not someone I'm rushing out to start. But Hayden Hurst to the second easier schedule, that's something to sit and take notice. Uh, he could be more relevant, especially as they're going to struggle to run the ball. Uh, the Rams have the third easier schedule, but the fact they're splitting times um, between Higby and Everett, I'm not overly confident starting those guys. Tyler Eifert has the fourth easiest schedule, but again, quarterback play, what's going on there? I'm not overly confident to start him. One guy who's had a bit of a downturn, but then a, a resurrection the last week or so, or two, is, is Jared Cook. And Jared Cook, the fifth easiest schedule, he might have Breeze coming back and they'll want to play him to try and get the bye. Uh, and it depends if he comes back this week or next week. But Jared Cook is someone who would be on the radar for me this week to be playing. TJ Hawkinson has the sixth easiest schedule. That's, again, really, really good news for TJ Hawkinson owners. So something to be considering. Robert Tonyan, eighth easiest schedule. Um, I missed the Giants there. Uh, Evan Ingram has a nice schedule, but what's he getting at quarterback play to to, to cover him here? Irv Smith Jr. and Minnesota, ninth easiest schedule. Maybe if they're struggling to target the wide receivers, it could work out quite well for him. On the other end of that, Mike Gazicki and Tua have the hardest schedule for, for Mike Gazicki to get the ball. He's shown something over the last couple of weeks. It, it's kind of a a roll of dice with Mike Gazicki. He has weeks where he turns up and catches a, a touchdown. He has weeks where he doesn't. It, given the matchups he's got, maybe he's he's going to struggle there, especially with New England this week. One to really sort of put a pin in and um, be slightly concerned about. Same with Philadelphia with Dallas Goddard, as well as he's got Ertz to deal with. Uh, Hertz isn't throwing the ball quite as much. He's doing it more with his legs. Um, and then you, you've got the, the second hardest tight end schedule. It's something to consider maybe sitting Goddard, uh, but definitely sitting Ertz, um, but something to think about. Johnny Smith, 30th, uh, 30th schedule. So third hardest. Um, again, something also to consider, considering they've got the easiest matchup uh, with the run. Um, maybe it's a down matchup for, for Smith going forward, and, and Derek Henry is going to get a lot of work. Buffalo don't really play the Titans, not relevant. Jordan Reed has a bit of a difficult schedule, but it's something you pull out. Cincinnati don't really play the tight end position. It's not overly relevant. Dallas, um, seventh easiest, uh, seventh hardest schedule. Uh, Dalton Schultz, meanwhile, might not be overly relevant. Uh, so that covers the skill positions. I just did DSTs as well quickly for those of you streaming. Uh, teams with the best matchups, Arizona, Dallas, Buffalo, Rams, Cleveland. They're the ones with the best matchups over the next two weeks. They, uh, I don't think Buffalo, Cleveland will be free. Probably doubt the Rams will be free. Dallas and Arizona could be. That could be interesting. Um, but worst matchups, Green Bay, Detroit, Cincinnati, Denver, Cleveland, uh, and Kansas City. So um, Denver have playmakers, so they become somewhat interesting. But uh, the other four, you, you probably aren't playing those uh, most weeks. Maybe Green Bay you might have done. Um, not so sure. And, and Casey, you might have done uh, probably look to, to change that one. I uh, hope that makes a lot of sense. I hope it's been uh, useful. And please keep getting in touch with, with questions and, and, and ask me about this sort of stuff. And I'll, I'll try and help in, in any way I can. So now we're going to move on to some insight on the season so far. So this is just some um, things that I've been looking at and things thinking about for 2021, as mentioned, was inspired by the conversation I had with Joe P. Sapir early in the week. 
Um, so this is just some insight I think could be really interesting and really um, useful to, to think about. So I'm going to start with the quarterbacks. And we talked about this, this tier now of, of, of quarterbacks in terms of their performance and what they're doing. Um, so what I did is started looking at points per game. I started looking at what they're kind of achieving, uh, total points scored, games played. Um, and I've decided there's a tier of six to maybe seven quarterbacks. I, I put six in here and I put one of these in tier two and I'll, I'll explain why, but you could make the argument either way. The elite quarterbacks for fantasy football um, and these guys, just to put it in perspective, are split by they're split by 32 points as a tier. But actually, the gaps between each one is not huge. Um, so Patrick Mahomes is first. He has a little under three point lead ahead of Kyler Murray, who has a 14 point lead just under that to Aaron Rodgers, who has a, a, a three point lead to uh, Russell Wilson, who has a four just under four point lead to Josh Allen and Josh Allen to Deshaun Watson is is 12 points but I still would put Watson in there I think you know you look at the fact that he's had um no wide receivers last week you know he he scores one more touchdown and uh, puts some more yardage up and he's kind of he breaks the 300 and he's there and I'm not kind of like reasoning or excusing it but I think Deshaun Watson is is that talent so those six guys for me are the elite tier and these are the guys that were going in that well Patrick Mahomes was going kind of third round but he's not giving you much more than what Kyler Murray in the fifth and sixth round are giving three points three rounds not really worth that investment to Mahomes but the Kyler Murray investment paid off if you took him in the fifth and sixth round Aaron Rodgers you were getting in about the eighth round um, he's proved to be a great investment. Russell Wilson in the sixth and seventh round has proved to be good investment. Even in the eighth, he was going in in some drafts. Josh Allen was going in the seventh or eighth round in drafts. Deshaun Watson was going in the seventh round of drafts. All that sort of tier of that five to seven, Dak Prescott was going there and he got injured, so he got burned. But again, he's one that you would probably put in that tier uh, of elite quarterbacks. Uh, but I, the only reason I don't have him in here is one, the game's played and two, it's just going to wait and see if he signs with Dallas. If he does, he goes back into that tier. So that's the elite guys. So when uh, I'm kind of musing that maybe at, in in drafts next season, maybe picking a, a quarterback in that, that round five to seven range might be the play. Um, and you have a list of these guys. And as soon as it's getting thin, you take one. I don't think you reach for Mahomes. I don't think he gives you the the points per game differential. And I stand by that, but I think that those rounds five to seven, I think is where you might see some QBs coming off the board. Um, well, they were this year. They might even jump a tier the fourth round. I think you need to be conscious of that. These six guys. And if you add Dak seventh, do give you an advantage and there is a significant drop to the next tier. And that is something to really consider. Moving on to that stat tier two. So this is a 32 point drop from Tannehill who leads this tier to Watson. Um, So 32 points to him. It's actually uh, 44 points to Josh Allen. So it is significant. It's a, that's a big drop uh, in, in between seventh place or sixth place and seventh place. So Tannehill currently is in there. You were getting Tannehill late. You were still getting him double-digit rounds. If you drafted Lamar Jackson, you've you've had a stinker. Eighth best QB, and he is someone who has, I wouldn't say struggle, just from a fantasy perspective. He regressed the way that most of us expected him to, and he was not worth that second-round pick. But I still think he is a good option, and he's one that could bridge the gap on those tiers. But he's not someone – we've seen three different examples of what – Lamar Jackson can do. I think if he gets an elite option in the off in the off season, he's someone that would be at the top of this tier, and I could see you maybe even reaching to take um, take him in that QB one tier. I can I can get that as long as you're not paying up too much for him. The guy who I, th- I reckon there's an argument here for the for the first tier, but I I've not done it. Is Justin Herbert, and the only reason why is I'm worried about who is going to be the head coach in the OC next year there. Um, and the fact that he's a rookie, he could regress. Um, but I like what I see. I think he's definitely going to be in this tier two. I think people might overdraft him, hoping he's going to be the next Mahomes, and I'm not so sure that he is. So 
it's an interesting one. I've kept him in this tier two, which is where his points have, have scored, but actually points per game, he probably is closer to belonging in that tier one than that tier two. I've got Tom Brady in here as well. And Tom Brady's kind of at the end of this tier. He's the 10th best QB. And I think that's a fair reflection. I think that's probably where most people kind of expect him to be in that 10 to 12 range. And that's probably where he will end up. And, um, you know, his next season's final year, we don't know, but I think he's going to be perfectly fine to get to, to get to there. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the fact that, that, that you can get him. I still think you get these guys, maybe not Jackson, maybe not Herbert, but Tannehill, Brady, if they're sort of in, if you want to wait on a guy, then, then you can. I think it'd be interesting to see what the drop-off is from, say, where that top tier goes, that sixth, seventh round, to wait to the ninth. I think if you're, I'd, I'd be comfortable taking a QB in the sixth, seventh round, given the advantage those guys give you versus what you might get in the ninth round. So I'd rather have a Wilson and Allen, a Watson and a Tannehill, because you get that consistency built in, which you don't always get with Tannehill. Moving to the third tier, and this is a big drop. It's not a big drop. It's 20 points from Brady to um, Big Ben. So, um, and then from Ben to to Wentz. Um, I'd say Ben to Wentz. That's how big this group is. It's literally everyone else. Anyone else who's fantasy relevant kind of falls in from Big Ben in 11th place to Carson Wentz in 21st place. Now they, those 10 quarterbacks are split by 36 points, which is uh, a little over three. Uh, well, it's, it's three points per game. Um, that's what they're split over. And Cam Newton's in there. Who I don't think we'll have a job next season. And Philip Rivers might not be in there because he might retire. And, um, or we don't know what's going to happen. I think all those guys are a much of a muchness. Kirk Cousins, Ben Roethlisberger, Derek Carr, Jared Goff's in there, who I thought would be better um, and hasn't really gone to that level we expected. There is one in here that I think could could elevate up, um, and that's Joe Burrow. I think he is an arrow-up candidate, and he's someone that I'd be keeping an eye on um, who might potentially have that elevation into, into Tier 2. Moving on to running backs. Um, so with the running backs... Um, there's a real clear tier one here of at least three guys. And you probably say with the talent of the other two, it's a five man tier. So potentially you could argue any of these five could be the one one next year. And we kind of mused over this. It's Cook, it's Henry, it's Kamara, it's Barkley, it's CMC. How you split that, I, I would still probably go with CMC over talent. Um, and But I can see the argument for Cook. I can see the argument for Henry. I probably can't see the argument for Kamara or Barkley for the 101, but for the top five, I can definitely see that. And the reason I say that is Kamara, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be there. We don't know what's going to happen. They, they need to do something. Their cap situation is really, really bad. But I think Kamara is an elite talent, but we've seen with Hill, if this is kind of the future, what we're going to get, he's not going to be there. So there's a risk baked in with, with Kamara. With Barkley, it's two significant injuries in two years. This is going to be an interesting one to see what happens with him going forward. And I know CMC's had a significant injury. I think that CMC's kind of been on the fringes and being close to playing and will be fully recovered. Barkley, we're not so sure what's going to happen. Davin Cook also has injury concerns. For me right now, if I'm looking at this and someone was to put me off going from CSE, I'd go to Henry. As Joe said, you know, 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns every year. That's hard hard to do, but he's replicating it every single year. Um, and the fact that he's going to repeat potentially as the leading rusher uh, in the league is, is impressive. So that they're going to be your arguments for your top five, and people will probably even want to move away from running back and look at maybe going one of the two elite wide receivers, and that and that's fine. So it's, it might be slightly closer at the top to what it's been in previous years. I don't think there might be a consensus one-on-one. I think it is going to be down to preference and style choice. But I don't think you can discredit Henry and Cook from being in that elite conversation. And the one that falls out of that is Zeke Elliott. And we'll get to that. This second tier based on this season is James Robinson, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Chris Carson. Now, the one thing I would say about Chubb, Chubb's an interesting one. um, Because with Chubb, we're looking at uh, points per game. He 
you know, he is up there and, but he's still not producing quite the same numbers as others. So I have taken this purely on their, their points per game uh, as well as also their total points have taken both into, into consideration. So the thing that's really interesting here is James Robinson. He performed really, really well and has performed really, really well. Might continue to. What happens in 2021? You're going to get probably a new coach, probably a new set of coaches, running back coach, offensive line coach, offensive coordinator. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Draft capital spent in the quarterbacks. So Who's going to have to deal with a new quarterback. Does this all mean that James Robinson is going to be less prevalent or more prevalent? The truth is we don't know. It's a real big unknown. James Robinson cannot be a first-round pick for me next season so far, just based on the fact that I would probably want the three guys below him more. Those three guys are Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Chris Carson. Chubb is the next best for points per game. I think Nick Chubb is probably not quite there with those elite guys, but he's pretty, pretty close. I would have him as sort of the, the next guy out of those top five. Aaron Jones, we've seen he can be taken out of games he's only playing about 50 percent of snaps that's a slight concern if he's not going to get the big touchdowns like he did in 2019 chris carson it's it's about injuries but when he plays he's effective uh very effective in fact so you know eighth best uh in points per game at 15.9 and he's only played the nine games i think if he'd played more he would have been in there a bit more so i think he is someone that i would definitely consider in this next tier um, and there's probably someone in here, and the bridger to this is, is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's got paid, but he's on IR. Again, I think that could be a new coach situation. How do they decide to do it? I think there's some risk baked into to Mixon, uh, and that's why, not just from a points perspective, a points per game, but actually just a talent um, and opportunity and situation perspective might not favor Mixon over, say, a Carson. So that's an interesting one. That's just where I'm right now. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's where I'm going to remain. This tier three then is an interesting one because it's got um, Mixon, Eckler, Jacobs, Zeke. Zeke is in here um, based on this season. That might change. Uh, new coach, and we might see what happens that, that could change that. Um, or not a new coach, but maybe he gets more playing time, new quarterback, better situation, see what happens. Antonio Gibson, David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, Jonathan Taylor, Kenyon Drake, Miles Sanders. We've got DeAndre Swift, Ronald Jones, Miles Gaskin, Raheem Mostert, Todd Gurley, James Connor, Melvin Gordon, David Johnson. That's all a tier. They're all split by about four points per game on average which sounds like a lot, but actually all these guys from one to the next to the next is, is, is really incremental. It's not like a big drop. So um, what that says is you've got a, a set of running backs that can go in the third, fourth, fifth rounds that could be just as good as the others. Uh, you know, the, obviously the top tier of, of this tier is if you were to put like a sub tier would be Mix and Eckler, Jacob, Zeke. Um, I think that's fair to say. And then you look at the guys in the next tier and think who could break through maybe Taylor uh, maybe Swift, maybe CEH, if they use him, they could be the ones. Maybe Gaskin, if he keeps the same opportunity levels he's had uh, the second half of the season. The ones you worry about in this tier, um, or the ones that are safe, absolute safe bets in, in this tier, are Montgomery will just remain at uh, sort of that RB2 range. He, he's going to be fine. Gibson will, will get solid workload, and it's pretty consistent. The ones you, you probably worry about in their future here, Todd Gurley, probably not draftable next year, might not have a job to go to. Be interesting to see what happens. James Connor hasn't really produced. Is he going to keep a job going forward? Melvin Gordon, not the answer in Denver, probably not going to have much. David Johnson, what happens with him? There's a few there that you, you know, worry about. Mar Sanders is probably safe in this tier. He's, you know, going to be a low end RB2 with some flashes and weeks, but. Maybe with a new coaching situation, it might improve for him, but we'll wait and see. But, you know, ultimately the one name missing on there is Dobbins and maybe Dobbins picks up when he's not having split time with three running backs. He might jump into this tier as well, but I'm just going on the points from this season. This is what it's kind of pointing to. So I think there's some names that can fall out of this tier for next year. And maybe someone like Dobbins from the next tier would, would come up uh, and replace some of these names. But just for this season, it's interesting that that's kind of how it's split. You kind of got 
three guys at the top plus two guys injured. You got a tier of four guys, and they're kind of the elite, and then everyone else. And I haven't put people like Mike Davis in here only because he, he's probably going to remain the backup to Christian McCaffrey next year. So uh, don't need to worry too much about him. And if he doesn't and go somewhere else, is he going to be as good as he as he has been? Yeah, probably not. So then we look at the uh, wide receivers. This is really difficult because it's probably the deepest. You look at some of the names in here when I'm going to go through the tiers and you think, wow, you have this guy in that tier. This is weird, but it's just so deep. And that's just going to be really fascinating when it comes to the draft, because what you're seeing now is a real shortage of quality running backs, but actually there's a huge gulf of, of, of players here that you can really go for and, and, and almost sleep on at wide receiver and be productive. So that, let's go with the elite and the elite ones are really, um, really just two names, which is, uh, you know, Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. So they're getting over 17 points per game. And that's huge. So it's a massive, massive change. Um, you know, to get those kind of players, that's huge. So we talked about the wide, uh, the running backs. So the running backs here uh, that were in that elite tier, McCaffrey, 27.3 points per game, but that's only three games. So let's discredit that slightly. Davin Cook, 23 points per game. Kamara, 20.4 points per game so far. Derek Henry, 19.6 points per game. Um, and then Nick Chubb's in there, 17.1 fantasy points uh, per game. And then you've got Barkley uh, to consider as well. So that's why those guys are going ahead in drafts. Um, just And this is on half-point PPR, for those of you that are curious. So that's why you know your first round is going to still be majority running backs that's typically how it's going to be because they're still they're not just in scarce supply but they're going to be still outscoring these elite wide receivers but adams and hill have a two and a half point per game uh gap to the the next tier well sorry i say two and a half points it's a lot more um it's about four points per game so these two are precious commodities um in half point ppr even on ppr it's going to be a lot more so Adamson Hill, definite cemented round one picks next year. Don't think there's any doubt. Then we've got this, this second tier. And I don't think every name in this tier is going to remain in this tier. In this tier two, um, they're all split, by the way, by two and a half points per game in this tier, is DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, Adam Thielen, Will Fuller, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas potentially you could look at Michael Thomas and say, does he go and join that tier one? Again, similar to Kamara. It depends on the quarterback situation. He's actually at the bottom of this this tier based on this season. DK Metcalf, hard to really argue with what he's done this year, um, but he can be a little boom bust thing with, with Tyler Lockett. Will Fuller, does he go to a new team? You've got the injury concerns. Probably hangs on the back of this tier, maybe even slips into the next tier of, of players. Uh, it's hard to argue with the rest, though. DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen... Uh, have been brilliant this season. There'll be no concerns on Keenan Allen next year, that's for sure. Stefan Diggs, uh, he won't be slept on as much. Justin Jefferson has proved to be brilliant. Um, AJ Brown, again, people won't sleep on him like they did this year and call it a fluke. Adam Phelan, people won't sleep on uh, as much. Calvin Ridley, the same. That's a really solid tier. Then you've got this next tier, and this next tier is actually just um, split by 0.8 points. So, Everyone in that tier above is is going from sort of 13 and a half points a game to uh, 11 points a game. This tier is 10.8 points to 10 points a game. So it's a really, really small um, tier. And I think actually there might be some movement in this because I think Robert Woods with his end of season schedule could bump himself into the next tier. Um, and maybe even Mike Evans might drop himself out of this tier despite the fact he's got a good schedule. But this next tier is Brandon Ayuk, Alan Robinson, Julio Jones, Tyler Lockett, Mike Evans and, and Robert Woods. That's the six. Um, maybe Alan Robinson jumps into a tier above Julio. People are going to draft him high because he's Julio. Um, but he hasn't got to the same levels he has done this season um, and has got a new coach coming in. Tyler Lockett is clearly the two. I, you could argue for him to go down the tier and I, I'd be fine with that. Robert Woods, as I said, could probably jump up a tier. Um Mike Evans maybe gets elevated down the tier. This tier could eventually disappear, but just from where we are this season, it's where it's at. I've got a next tier, a tier four. These guys are averaging between 9.9 points per game and eight points per game. Um, So this is kind of like my tier four, and this is a bigger group of guys. And I think some of these guys are flashes in the pan, and I think some of these guys are are genuine. 
uh, and could see bounce backs um, or could be more relevant. So Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Corey Davis. We don't know where he's going to be next year. That'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Terry McLaurin, Kenny Galladay, who's been injured most of the season. Odell Beckham Jr., who's injured. Jameson Crowder, I think, hopefully he gets a move. I don't know what really happened to him. Robbie Anderson, Cole Beasley, Tyler Boyd, Curtis Samuel, Chris Godwin, Juju Smith-Schuster, T. Higgins, Tim Patrick, Cooper Cup, Deontay Johnson, Nelson Aguilar, C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and Alan Lazard. Massive tier. This tier will start to splinter off as projections and coaching situations start to gather, but this tier is only being split by 1.9 points per game. Um, players are see arrowing up, Deontay Johnson, Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin, T. Higgins maybe, Tyler Boyd potentially as well. Those two have had to deal with bad quarterback play. Robbie Anderson, but it depends what happens with Joe Brady. Um, Kenny Golladay, if he's fit. Terry McLaurin, if he has a good end of the season. Chase Claypool. Amari Cooper with a better quarterback. You could argue he should be a tier higher. You know, it's interesting. It's an interesting tier. Uh, lots going on. Players at CD Lamb, rookie, will get better. Players that won't get the respect and remain in this tier, Alan Lazard, uh, Nelson Aguilar, Tim Patrick. We don't know who he's, his quarterback will probably be next year. James Crowder will probably fall out of this tier. Cole Beasley will probably fall out of this tier. You know, it's an interesting tier. It's big. It's a big tier, but they're all very similar in scoring this year. So that's why I kind of got them in. So if you think about these guys I'm talking about here, you're talking about we're, talking, we're over 30 wide receivers here. One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, we're talking about thirty, potentially thirty wide receivers here, and we're talking about players like Brandon Cooks, Deontay Johnson, Cooper Cup, in that kind of range. It's a crazy, crazy year, and it's, it matches up with the stream data. I've been able to stream a top ten RB this season. I haven't been able to stream a top thirty wide receiver as of yet. Overall, for the season, I've had big, big splashes. But that's because you have these great players. Um, Tyler Boyd's, you know, in the in the mid to low twenty wide receiver range. Like it's 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 a crazy world to be a wide receiver right now. But wide receiver is stacked, and there's a little, there's very very little differences to separate them. So does that devalue them? That's going to be the interesting thing to see across the season. Last one on this is everyone's favorite subject: uh, tight ends. So with the tight ends, this is really interesting. Um, as you know, I'm not a massive fan of the tight end position, and this year has kind of really elevated me to to loathe it even more in, in fantasy football. But let's that, just talk about it. Um, so basically, we go with the tight end. There's one guy in the tier in his own, Travis Kelsey. He's actually on points per game and in total scoring is averaging. The, he's the wide receiver three in half point PPR. I mean, that's just crazy that he's have he has that much of an advantage at the position, but he also has that much just pull in who he is and, and the numbers he's putting up. So he's in his own tier. Tier two is George Kittle and Darren Waller. Now they are averaging 10.2 points per game. Kittle's sample is still big enough for me to consider it sample plus his body work previously. Um, Darren Waller, 9.4 points per game at half point PPR. So those guys are in their own tier. Um, and that's the the next tier. It's no more the Zach Ertz's. It's no more anyone else like that. It's, it's it's George Kittle, Darren Waller. Darren Waller's earned that right to be in there. This third tier is really, really thin. Um, it's actually only split by 0.3 of a point. But there's such a big gap between these three and the next five that it's relevant to keep it there. Um. So these three are split by 0.3 of a point per game. So Robert Tonyan, Mark Andrews, and TJ Hawkinson. So that's the next tier of tight ends so far this season. And then a tier four, this is dropping almost two points per game, 6.4 points to six points. So again, these five are split very, very closely on points per game average. So that's Kaziki, Johnny Smith, uh, Dallas Goddard, Rob Gronkowski, and Logan Thomas. But again, you're talking about this is a fourth tier. This is... Everyone outside of the top six tight ends, and the best one here is averaging 6.4 points per game. It's a nothing position. It's just if you don't get one of these top six guys, just don't draft one. But then it's how much value do you place on these? Kelsey has now actually changed my mind and said that he alone is worth a high round pick because he's averaging uh, wide receiver one numbers. So you could justify taking Travis Kelsey with the second or third round pick. 
Um, you couldn't before, but with the numbers this season, if they stay and they hold, that makes sense. George Kittle, I don't think is there, and Darren Waller, I don't think is there. But I think that that you know they're worth the consideration. Um, and then again, you have got Tonyan, Andrews, Hawkinson, etc. So that's the next tier. Um, after that, it's almost an undraftable tier. It's just you you pick a guy, um, one of these five guys, you draft them late, and the fifth tier is everyone else. It, it doesn't really matter all that much. So. Just some thoughts, and musings. Um, appreciate it was quite long. There's a lot of stats in there, a lot of points. Take some notes. Uh, feel free to get in contact, and I'll send you some of the data on it, um, some screenshots that I've grabbed or just some charts or sheets or anything. Just just come back and let me know, and, and I'll share some of this information. It, again, it's incomplete because it's 13 games, but it's just uh, things to think about for 2021. And if your fantasy season's done or you're winding down and you want to think about next year, Here's just some things that have come out that just are interesting from the data that I'm, I'm seeing. So now we get to the last segment, State of the Nation, um, Listener League updates. So this is just the, the main uh, Listener Leagues that we do. We do a lot of Listener Leagues. Um, and we did have a league as well. We didn't call them Listener Leagues. There were people that we invited to to play in them and uh, and did some ad hoc like the vampire leagues, etc. And there were things that we were just sort of trying out and, and seeing sort of what might be potential leagues for next year. And they're still a lot of fun. And but we didn't put a designated like listener league on it. You didn't have to listen to the podcast or reach out to us directly to to kind of get into them. There were people that we just invited me in particular, just pick some players and said, "Oh, we're doing this. Do you want to do it?" So the listener leagues are ones that are mostly for listeners of the podcast. Well, hopefully, all all you listeners of the podcast. Um, and there once and we did the book leagues and I count them in there as well. People that bought the book were invited to play in a league. Um, so we have a number of listener leagues and then we have a number of book leagues. Uh, I'll explain the difference as we go through. Before we do that, um, the FFCC. So we're in the final now, final stage, last two weeks of the season. So it is the final. So congratulations to Jim and also to Vigard. You guys are in the final and are playing to be our second ever world champion. But I want to congratulate Mark Duffy and Adam from uh, Touchdown Tips and uh, Full 10 Yards podcast because uh, both those guys are playing for the, the bronze medal match. They have an incredible run. Uh, all these guys would have beaten some form of expert um, potentially to, to get to where they are. Um, and it's, you know, it's a best ball format, so they haven't controlled their own destiny in the sense of uh, selecting lineups every week. But you would have had to have absolutely nailed your drafts, and these guys did. So... Uh, huge congratulations it's a brutal tournament in the sense of you know the 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 depth in this field with some of the people that were in it um and if you want to see who it was go onto the website check out the bracket and just look at some of the names that are in there because it's uh some of the biggest names in fantasy football were in this this competition so uh amazing that everyone um, took part and raised a lot of money. We raised over $3,000 for a lot of various charities. We asked people to raise for their own charity this year and share the donations with us or via Twitter. Um, so that's just the ones that we've seen. Uh, people kindly just sent us, but hopefully there was more. Um, but yeah, incredible um, turnout this year. We'll do it next year. And we're looking forward to doing more with it. Um, but appreciate everybody for playing and enjoying it and felt it was a better experience potentially this year than, than last year. Still some things to kink out because it's such a unique format, but it will get better every year. But I feel like we had a better experience this year, I think, for the most part than we did last year. So thank you for persevering and playing everyone that entered it. And thanks to Jack, Jack Humphrey, one uh, year one for being an incredible champion and your reign ends in, in two weeks. But you know, you've been as, as great a champion as, as we could have had for an inaugural champion. And uh, we'll do a special FFCC champions of champions when we have enough of them and do something very special for that. And you'll definitely be welcome to to play in that. So let's get into the listener leagues. Um, the first listener league to talk about is the five-year rush champion of champions. Now, the five-year rush champion of champions. So we did a load of listener leagues last year. And um, everyone in this league, with the exception of one person, which is uh, Vigard, uh, who was in the final of the FFCC, so I guess he's kind of earned it this year more than last year, um, won, uh, won a league, won a listener league last year. Um, Stocks and I won a few. And so it just meant that we were one short. Um, <laughs> so that was fine. Um, so Vigard, ran, we did a 100-yard dash of all the runners-up of the leagues that um, we're in. And... So Vigar was the the runner up of 
he was a runner-up in one of the leagues that, that we won. So uh, we entered him and he got the spot in the champion of champions. But everybody else in it had won a listener league of some sort. So we're into the semi-final stage. I'm just going to talk about the semi-finals and congratulations and shout-outs to everybody on this list who's made the, the semi-finals in all these leagues. But the 5 year rush Champions to Champions involves uh, ESPN Steve-O, who uh, was in my SFB9 uh, draft and absolute legend of a guy. He's going against Jazza72. And Stocks and I uh, are going against Ryan Kelleher, who we play in the League of Legends with. So uh, congratulations, everyone there. Champion of Champions. We will crown a Champion of Champion in two weeks' time, and we will have a very special prize for our Champion of Champions. And we, you know, we'll let you know what it is when, when you win it. Um, the rest of these are designated listener leagues. The prize for this is a T-shirt. Um, so we'll get in touch, get sizes, and we'll have to work around COVID. Some of them are a bit late this year due to COVID, but we'll we'll work it out uh, and get something to you before, you know, before too long. But just bear with us for a small period afterwards, but we'll be in touch and we'll communicate and we'll get them sorted out. So with the, the, this list of listener leagues, the first one is the Fiverr Rush. And this is a Superflex tight end premium franchise frenzy listener league. So each person in this in this draft had to pick five franchises who they could draft players from from a player pool. So it was actually two drafts. You had one draft and you selected the teams in which you could draft players from. Um, and each franchise existed twice. So if you're on a turn, you could take a team twice. And that's what Stocks and I did. We took the Rams uh, twice. Um and we also took Tennessee and with the one-on-one took Derek Henry, for example. Um, so that's kind of how it worked. So we only had a pool of four teams to draft from, but we dominated the Rams. So we didn't have to draft any Rams players because we were the only ones that could play with Rams players. Um, so that meant we could just draft in other positions and, and other teams. Um, and there's a lot of strategy behind it. It's a very, very crazy concept league, but a lot of fun. End result of this is uh, Jack Childercott is going to be playing James Spavin in the first semifinal and then... Uh, Scooby League, good old Lee, is going to be playing Stocks and I in the other semi-final. So congratulations. Crazy league. A lot of competition, a lot of fun, that league, I think. And that, that, that'll that be one that remains on the roster for uh, future seasons. The next one is the Mariana Trench Listener League. This one is just a really deep, long Super League. There's just a lot of players with basically your waiver wise very thin. There just isn't anyone on it. You kind of have to draft everyone. And it's a very, very deep deep starting roster i think it's you can start up to three quarterbacks it's very very deep um so the mariana trench listen league semi-finals it's martin weeks versus Tarek foley and it's stocks and i and we're playing uh, matt inkster uh, in that one so good luck to everyone in that idp mayhem listener league um this one is a uh, one sort of dear to my heart not this league but this particular matchup uh it's Corey versus Ant. both of them are in the bffl which i'm in um those guys are going to get to play in the semi-final um and uh, Scuba Lee again in his second semi-final. He's going to be playing Stocks and I uh, in in that one. So yeah, IDP Mayhem is um, just again start QBs and uh, lots of IDP players. So very very deep, and the IDP scoring was was quite unique as well. Next up is QB Neither uh, QB Needy Listener League again. I think this was another league you could start up to three QBs. Um, so again, very deep very deep league. Um, so this one has Stephen C. 16 versus Paul Howard and Blue Mancunian versus Stocks Knight. You heard Stocks Knight's names a lot. We did very well in, the, in our listener leagues and uh, have made the semifinals in 13 of, of the 18. Um, so kudos to us. We we take these leagues seriously when we play in them. We don't just put them on um, and just hope that, uh, you know, just put them out for other people. We, we play to win these leagues and that's why you hear our names a, a lot in these. Uh, next up is the Fiverr Rush uh, Flex Frenzy Listener League. So this was majority of the all, most of the spots are flex spots. So you didn't have to start like two running backs, two wide receivers. You could kind of mix and match your own uh, lineup. So this is one that we're not in. <laughs> We've been eliminated already. But um, this one involves Dave Long uh, versus Coxie York and Ryan Kelleher, who we mentioned before, versus uh, Stu Patrick. Um, so they'll be playing for uh, the winner. They'll be playing for the title of the Five Year Rush Friend, uh, Flex Frenzy Listener League. And then the five-year rush auction uh, listener league. So uh, first semi-final is that Jack Duffin for the Paul Brown podcast versus Ben Burridge, one of our patrons. Um, and in the second semi-final is the FF rookie versus Stocks and I. So uh, again, really good uh, experience that people haven't done auction before. It's been a lot of fun. A lot of people, I think this was Jack's first ever auction draft and to get to a semi-final is, is great. So, so well done to him. Now we're on to the book leagues. So all of those spots on top of winning the prize, the winner will also gain entry into the 2021 um, champion of champions, including the champion, the winner of the champion champions themselves. 
um, as well as also the next four leagues. And then when we get to the end of that, I explain what happens uh, for the rest of them. So the next four leagues as well will also have uh, spots in the champion of champions. So listen carefully. Um, the first one and the winners of these get uh, a copy of the 2021 fantasy football playbook when it's written and out and done. So we will make sure we get that across to you when it's done. Um, the first one, we did a Superflex PPR um, for the playbook. Um, this one is very five yard heavy. It's Rob Calsill versus Nick Owen, who both work for us. And then Liam, uh, who's Dolphin Abroad and uh, Pitsy, who also writes and works for us. So that's three of our guys in that league uh, against Liam. Um, so, you know, pretty confident five yards should should win that. But Liam could upset. He's a very, very good player. No doubt could rob the apple cart there and uh, rock the apple cart and um, cause a, an upset. Not even an upset. But, you know, I mean, three against one. We'll see what happens. Uh, the next one is uh, Superflex, uh, Superflex Titan Premium, uh, which is one of my favorite formats, uh, fantasy football. So um, the number one seed is uh, uh, Nato Toe Drag. Nato Toe Drag uh, is his username. He's actually 12-1 and one in this league, so very favorite to win this. He's playing Stocks and I in the, in the semifinal. And then we've got Kev, one of our patrons, uh, against Rob Farris, who's a, a good guy we speak and interact with quite a lot. He's bought some merch as well. So uh, looking forward to, to that one playing out. Then we've got the tiered PPR Fantasy Football uh, League. Uh, that is John Cartwright versus Jack Humphrey. And then Stocks and I versus Rob. Uh, be great to get one over Rob on, on that one uh, in particular. Uh, and eliminate him. Uh, PPR was the next one. PPR, Fantasy Football Playbook League. Um, so PJ Hoff 07 versus Big Willie, and then Stocks and I versus Ant, Ant in the BBR, uh, in the BFFL. So I look forward to hopefully eliminating him. The winners of those four leagues will get a spot into the champion of champions. Now, in all the following leagues, for every league that we win, rather than have a runner-up, get into the champion of champions because we don't think that's that's fair for every league that we win out you know in those first 11 you've heard our names a lot so we've got a lot of horses in this race for every league that we win we will then nominate the next league down from this list and the winner of that will go into the champion of champions and we do have a few semi-finals in here as well so if we end up winning one of those then it goes down to the next league so there is a few leagues on on offer here um, so this is sort of like the bench, but hopefully we win some leagues and it means that these guys will, will potentially get a chance to, to get into the champion of champions. So the next one was just standard, um, the standard fantasy football uh, playbook league. So just standard format. Ben Burridge versus Evan Herbert. Evan, well known for uh, formerly being a, a BME now. Um, and then Big Willie versus Richard Price uh, in the other semifinal there. So good luck to you. Uh, next one is uh, Superflex Titan Premium. Um, it's Stocks and I versus 2020 RAF. And it's uh, shut. It's STF up uh, or STF, please. Okay, thanks is his username um, versus Smokey64. And then, so good luck to everyone in that one. Uh, PPR, it's uh, Stocks versus uh, Jam Bear Brav. And me, because we entered two teams in this one, it's the only one we entered two teams on versus Stu Patrick. Um, so Stocks and I could meet in the final of that one. And that, of course, would open up to the next league, which would be the tight end premium uh, fantasy league, which is Kev uh, versus Stocks and I, and then Titan versus uh, Roger Roper. So good luck to you in that one. Uh, next league is uh, SFIDP. Um, so it's Neil Elliott versus Mark Duffin, uh, uh, Mark Duffy, sorry, Mark, and uh, Dave Long versus James Bavin. Uh, then we did the no bench PPR, so massively deep team with no bench. Um, that's caused a few issues on Sleeper this year with IRs and things like that. So, um, yeah, interesting concept. Um, just basically you, the wave wire is your, is your bench. You have to bring people in and decide what you're going to do. Um, so this one is the Boye uh, versus Titan. And Johnny Tiz versus uh, Stocks and I. And personal grudge match there in the BFC. Myself and Johnny come from the same division. So I'd be looking forward to beating him there because I'd beat him to a division title. So good luck, Johnny. Not really, but you know what I mean. I love you though. Uh, good luck to everyone in that one. And then lastly, um, the we did an auction league again. But a winner of this league gets a, a book. Titan versus Mason, who, who writes for us. And uh, Stocks and I versus... Uh, ESPN Steve-O. I'm looking forward to, to play against uh, Steve-O. Um, so interesting uh, leagues. Uh, well done to everybody who uh, we've talked about on this. 
making a semi-final is a great thing making a final even better winning the whole thing is even better we will be in touch um as and when you win prizes and again those last um seven leagues just because you might not be in the champion champions race for now any league that we win will automatically unlock another spot so there is a chance that we could unlock spots for the remaining leagues um if we end up winning enough to where there's still a spot going then i don't think that's going to happen personally but uh, let's say it does um it's not but if it does then we'll do something with, with runners up uh and we'll work out what we do around there but anyway i just wanted to give a state of the nation address i wanted to update everybody on uh and congratulate listeners on playing i hope you've had a great year uh, playing in our leagues and we hope to see a lot of you and if not all of you back uh next year and we'll decide what we're doing with leagues uh next year as well but it's been a long podcast. It's been a long time me talking, so I'm going to sign off now. I hope you found this useful. Please get in touch with anything, anything we can help you do. Uh, just let us know. Don't forget, you can sign up to our Patreon tiers and you can get direct access to Stocks and I. Um, but I will try and answer what I can on Twitter. I won't get to all of them, but I will do what I can. But good luck for this week's semifinals. I will be back with some matchup stuff. There'll be other podcasts, other articles. Until later on in the week, Rush Nation, don't forget, keep rushing. entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.